Assad, dude. How we doing? How we living, guys? Another episode of Talking Football. We're coming in. We're coming in different. We're doing this on a Saturday. Uh, it's things are gonna get weird. You know, that's that's probably the weirdest start I've ever done to anything. Radio podcast. Here we are. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you're enjoying your weekend. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, a lot to get into today, though. We are going to be breaking down our top five at each at each position: um, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight end, offensive attack. And then the top 10 guys on defense, um, especially from Trees. Uh, he told me before, right before we hopped on that he's been, been watching some games. Uh, he's got some guys that he's excited about that really no one else is talking about. And he even came at me with a little bit of, I'm betting you money. So if Trees is talking money, this is going to be a real, real interesting episode. That is for sure. But first off, I mean, a little around the laces type of deal. The Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they just they can't stay quiet. You know what I mean? It's just it was getting to be a slow news week. Hopping on radio the other day, and it was like, man, I guess we're just gonna sit here and talk about uh, you know, Baker Mayfield getting it the fifth year extension. He's gonna get eight and a half, eighteen and a half million dollars from the Browns to play one more year's quarterback before he gets, you know, just broken off in terms of money. And it was like, okay, well, this is gonna be kind of a, a boring episode. And then, like, right as we hopped on, it was like breaking news. Bow, bow, bow. Orlando Brown Jr. has been traded from the Baltimore Ravens to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I'll be honest with you, Treese. At first, I was not very happy. I just, I wasn't. I was like, really? We're trading for the uh, the guy who just had an absolutely pitiful combine and has been kind of like unheard of in Baltimore. And then, you know, you kind of start paying attention a little bit more. I was like, oh, this guy's actually pretty good at right tackle. And then when Ronnie Stanley goes down, he bumps over the left tackle and he's a pro bowler at left tackle. And you kind of start remembering, it's like, okay, yeah, he didn't play bad. The Ravens kept winning games. They were going, they're getting things figured out. And I was like, all right, hey, you know, maybe the Chiefs have something here because rumors came out a couple months ago that, you know, he was going to be, he wanted to be a left tackle. He wanted to be paid like a left tackle. We're about three minutes into this episode here and I haven't let Tree say a single word as I continue to rant. So I'm going to zip it. Chiefs get a left tackle, five new starters. Never going to see what happened in the Super Bowl again in Kansas City, I hope. You're good. You're good. Um, I actually was excited for you guys to get him. Um, a lot of rumors that the Jags were trying to get him early on before they ended up franchise tagging uh, Cam Robinson. And the rumor was that they just wanted to pick 25 for him and the Jags just weren't willing to part with that. Um, I mean, when it's all said and done, the equivalent of what you guys gave up was basically like pick like 40 ish somewhere in that area. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, I mean, the fact that you, you traded away and here are the details of it. Sorry. Um, the chiefs receive Orlando Brown and then a second round pick as well from the Ravens. Um, and then the, and Baltimore gets the first round pick number 31. Then they get a third rounder pick 94 and then a fourth rounder and then a fifth rounder for next year. Um, I believe those are the, the exact details with it, but Kansas city, like, yeah, you lose a one, you lose a third, but you get two twos. I'm happy with that. Like that's a, it's a good compensation because you're going to get guys right there in the second round that, you know, are slipping out of the first round that you're going to get and make an impact on your team in round two. So I'm, I'm pretty excited with it. Like over time, I've gotten more and more excited. Yeah. Um, you know, the interesting thing is just what does he end up getting paid, right? Because that's yeah. that's the big thing. Like that, that really is going to kind of dictate this entire trade is how much they end up having to pay him. Um, I mean, I the guys got, go ahead. the late Therese Paler says it best. Uh, you know, contract years undefeated. He's going to be playing ball. I mean, balls to the wall, lights out type of football, and that's good to have on a one year deal. But like, you're still gonna have to pay the dude left tackle money. You don't think he just gets re-signed before the season starts? 
I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do that because they didn't have any uh, discussions talked about with the trade. It was, the trade was just made. They haven't been in like extension talks, from I my understanding. I will bet. I will. I feel pretty certain that they will get a deal done before the season starts. No shit. Yeah. I mean, that's just what happens when these type of deals happen. Like when guys are looking to get paid and you trade, like, I don't know. I mean, it did take Ramsey, I guess, a year or so. Um, he was actually yeah. kind of in the same boat here. Um, what about uh, Jamal Adams for – it's not Adams. Who am I thinking? Yeah. The safety. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. For the Seahawks. He hasn't been signed yeah. yet, has he? Uh, yeah. He didn't get I the mean, extension. He, well, he got a huge deal with the Jets, right? Mm-mm, he's still on his rookie deal. Because, like, that was part of the trade, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Because, like, um, I don't think he's been extended yet from, from Seattle. You're right. He hasn't. He hasn't. Um, so, I mean, I bet he does. I mean, I mean, I guess you're proving my point that I'm that I'm wrong. Because um, yeah, because well, I'm not fifth year option here. But like, um, not that you're trying to. But I don't know. I just feel like it feels like the Chiefs know like they're going to have to do this and they're going to need to do it quickly. Um, mm-hmm. To me, um, unlike the other two that wanted to get out of like those organizations those other two being adams and ramsey like they just want to get out of their organizations and they were willing to just play out their contract and then get paid right um those organizations were going to pay those two either way right um this one is like i want to get out because i want to get paid and then it felt like the ravens weren't going to pay him like so Mm -hmm. it was kind of a little bit opposite so i don't know i i would just assume veach get something done so I hope we'll I hope so. I mean, because it's going to be a lot of money, and they are excellent at manipulating uh, the salary cap. So if they can find a way to do it again with a uh, franchise left tackle that you traded for, not going to be upset. Not going to be upset at all. Uh, let's get into Trixavia though, if we have it. Yeah, yeah, we got yes. some. So all right, cool. Um, so you got your pen and paper. There are, better believe it. There are two players right here that i want to talk about so these are their career stats So like a player um, a player b type of deal exactly yep deal. so so player a had six thousand eight hundred and seventy five receiving yards 36 receiving touchdowns 767 receptions average nine yards per reception and had a catching catch rating or percentage rating of 75.7%. Catch rate, you said? Yep. Player okay. two, player B had 6,822 yards, also had 36 touchdowns, had 620 receptions, averaged 11 yards per reception. Ooh. And catch rate was 65.9. Yikes. Player A, what's popping, bro? Yeah, uh, I'm picking player A here. Yeah, player B is getting more yards per reception here. But, like, player A, you got more total yards, same amount of touchdowns, more receptions, which in my mind means you're a bigger part of the offense. Uh, You're the go-to guy for your quarterback, nine yards per reception. I'm sure that number just goes down with the amount of receptions that you're getting and your catch rate is higher. So that's how I put that together in my mind. I'm picking player A. All right, cool. Do you think either of these guys are Hall of Fame players? This is wait, is this career wise? Yeah. No shit. 
No shit. Oh, man, this is tough. <laughs> Career-wise, you had 6,000 receiving yards and 36 touchdowns? Yeah, one of these guys is Julian Edelman, huh? It is. Um, but which one is it and which one – and are either of these guys Hall of Famers? <sighs> Looking at stats alone, no. Looking at stats alone in the regular season, I'm assuming. This is career stats. So postseasons included. Yes. Big yikes. Julian Edelman is going to be player B, though. He 100% is. What if I told you, what if I told you player A also had 12,279 rushing yards? <laughs> Say that again. I said, what if I told you player A also had 12,279 rushing yards to go along with those receiving yards? <laughs> yeah, that would be uh, that'd be pretty impressive. That'd be, uh, yeah, because that's what happened. So player A is Mar- Marshall Falk. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god did you find this on your own please tell me you did dude we, we did a big one with marshall falk a couple months ago and so i already had these stats written down so. <laughs> oh my god oh fucking a <laughs> what if i told you player a also had twelve thousand two hundred seventy nine yards <laughs> Oh, uh, we need to find a way to get that on Twitter. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. And I picked player A just just in stats alone. Just on receiving yards alone. Yep, exactly. Hey, that's awesome though. That's uh, that's a good one. Yeah. This was a that I, was a good tree of you. I have a gut feeling if we're doing this podcast in however many years, um. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey is going to have these same type of things where we're going to be able to just like do receiving stats <laughs> him against other receivers. Obviously we've already done one before about how he was, you know, already had more catches than basically anybody, but for career wise, that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, so Marshall Falk, more receiving yards than Julian Edelman, not counting his rushing yards. Um, so he kinda, had, Marshall Falk had 36 receiving touchdowns in his career. Yeah. That is stupid. He had 100 rushing uh, touchdowns as well. What? Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't realize that. Oh, my God. Yep. 136 (laughs) touchdowns in his career. Basically 1,300 yards. Yeah. Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um. How many yards did you say? It would, total would be... 13,000. I said 100, but I meant 1,000. 13,000, right? No. Oh, sorry. It's 6,000. Sorry. I'm going <laughs> off of receptions. I'm sorry. Nearly 20,000, yeah. 20. Yeah, actually 30. over 20,000. Just over 20,000. Yeah. Jeez, sorry. I'm going off <laughs> well, of 1,300. Dude had 12,000 12, rushing yards. Yeah, about 1,300 total. <laughs> yeah. You can so, go back to the pond if you're going to be a silly little goose. <laughs> so, <dumb. laughs> um, so anyways, um, yeah. Another reason, given I think Marshall Falk is a top five running back probably of all time. Um, 
So maybe it's a little unfair, but like that's my point of why I said I didn't think Edelman was a Hall of Famer, and I get the whole playoff thing. Um, oh shit, ladies and gentlemen, we got the backwards hat, Austin. Oh, like, hey, you better look out! You better look out. That means that means he's about to get he's about to get real upset. Um, so cutting uh, I just went frat mode. Yeah, you did. Everybody's gonna love that noise. Um, <laughs> so, anyways. Interesting. Always that was funny. me. Uh, that was me fighting the mic. In case you guys didn't get it. Yeah. Uppercut. Like I said, things are getting odd here. I apologize for that loud noise. But uh, <laughs> other news around the NFL: the draft is less than a week away. Uh, a week away from today of us recording on a Saturday. Um, I can tell you right now, it is going to be crazy. The the storylines, everything, the trades are going to be made in the NFL. I think this next weekend is going to be is going to be amazing. Yes, it is the NFL draft, but here's the thing. Last year that I think some people not necessarily forget, but just kind of overlook is like everything was done on like a Zoom, right? Like everything was done on a Zoom call. And we, and we weren't sure how well it was going to go if like people were going to miss picks on, you know, losing internet connection or, you know, not being able to, you know, figure things out and get things done in a timely manner. And I think this year it's like, all right, hey, like let's <laughs> let's have a little bit like overcompensation from last year, more trades, you know, more communication, you know, just – moving up and down the draft. I think this is going to be a really fun one. It's going to be awesome to see fans back at the draft. Uh, I'm really, really, really excited for the draft coming up next week. Yeah, me too. Now that we're getting closer, like I'm starting to get super excited. Uh, I actually listened to a podcast the other day with uh, Trent Balky, um, obviously the Jags GM, and it was really fun. I actually think they're going to be moving around a lot in the draft. I think they're going to make a lot of trades. Um, he said He just talked about like, his favorite draft memory was actually in 2014 when he was with the Niners still, and they made three trades in eight minutes Mm. and they traded back twice and then got all these picks and then traded back up and only used like one or two of those picks that they got like a whole bunch for. And then they ended up getting Carlos Hyde um, in that deal. And so I thought that was like very interesting, especially because they already brought Carlos Hyde back. Um, So, but I, he he even mentioned that it's like, hey, every every team knows that we want to trade up and down in this draft, and people should be calling us. So I was like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> you you gotta love to hear that for sure. Uh, next, other news around the NFL, uh, a pretty big one. I don't, it's not something we've gotten into really talked about, trees. To be honest with you, uh, it's the number change. The Yeah, the number change rule in the NFL wording that just sounds odd. But uh, players can now, you know, fluctuate their numbers, especially with running backs, defensive backs, and linebackers, where they can go from numbers 1 to 49. Running backs can have 80 to 89, which I don't know if that's part of the rule change or if that's always been a thing, but I've never seen a running back wear a number in the 80s. Uh, But defensive backs, they can have number 1 to 49. Linebackers can have 1 to 59 and 90 to 99 an offensive lineman, a defensive lineman, pretty much the same. But, like, getting to see a running back in a number five or a defensive back, you know, rocking a number two or a safety like that or a receiver running, rocking a number two, like, that's going to be awesome because, like, that is just – like, CeeDee Lamb, he's not switching numbers, but let's say he did. Like, he goes to number two. That would be so sick to see. Like, Dalvin Cook was going to go from number 33 to four, I believe, because that's what he was in college. Turns out he's like, eh, that's going to cost me $1.4 million. I'd kind of like to save my money. So never mind. I'll stick with number 33. But like these rookies that are coming in the draft and this next class, the next generation of NFL football players, 
these numbers are going to be all over the place. And I think it's just going to look awesome that these guys could have the same number from high school all the way up into the pros. You know what I mean? Like you get a high schooler wearing number five as a linebacker and he gets to wear it in college at Notre Dame and he gets to wear it in the NFL. That's going to be sick. Yeah. LaVisca Chanel actually announced yesterday that he changed his number to two. Really? Yeah. And what number looks, was he before? Uh, he was 10 last year. Mm. Um, but then he was two in college. Um, you should check his Instagram. It looks sick. Like he has images of it. It, it looks awesome. So super excited to see uh, LaVisca Chenault number two in an Urban Meyer offense. I think it's going to just be amazing. So yeah, but um, to your point, going to be super exciting. It's going to take a couple years for everybody to kind of, I think, transfer over to their numbers because like your, your point with uh, Dalvin Cook, going to cost them like 1.5 million. Um, basically they need to give like a year heads notice to the NFL that they want to change their number. So they stop producing those jerseys. Um, yep. If you want to make an instant change, then you have to pay for all of the new jerseys that have been made that year um, for, for resale. Um, but if you give them a heads notice, then the, the number is very, very dramatically different and a lot lower the following year. So I could see a ton of players, just not in, not saying anything right now, but they've already contacted the NFL probably saying like, don't make any more jerseys. Like I'm changing my number next year. And then they yeah. might have to pay like 300,000 or 400,000 next year. And then it's like, okay, whatever. I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. That looks sick. I just looked it up. Yeah. That number two. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. I'm so pumped to see that. And like Tom Brady of all people is the one that's upset about it. Like so that is close. such a get off my lawn type of reaction from him. 100%. And like, I just don't like, I like, he's just like, good luck knowing who to block. And I get it. Like, because like, you've been like groomed to like be looking for certain numbers. And like, that's how you kind of can tell like that defense. But at the same time, like, you know, who each player is like, you, you're yeah. smart enough to know exactly who it is. Like, you just like, you just start saying like, he, you know, like, two is the mic or five is the mic, you know, like, like, like wouldn't that make it easier? I don't know. I, I'm not going to ask the mic. Two is the mic. Mike, 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 number five. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know like why it's going to make that big of a difference for him. Like, and again, I'm no NFL quarterback, so maybe it really is, but like you would think like more NFL quarterbacks would be complaining right now if it really was going to be an issue. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, so when I first saw somebody tweeting about it, like screenshots, I legit thought it was a joke. I did too. Like I thought someone was like spamming him, like trying to, and yeah. then he just like kept going. And then he yeah. like tweeted something, retweeting. He's like, I'd like to speak to a manager. I was like, get yeah. out of here, Tom. Yeah. Like take your seven Super Bowl rings and fuck off. Okay. Yeah. We get yeah. it. You're the goat. Zip it, please. We're trying to yeah. have fun. I legit, like, right now, through my head, have been thinking when I said, like, I thought that was a joke. That's total, like, Anchorman. I thought you were kidding. I wrote <laughs> it in my diary last night. Veronica had a very funny joke today. Remember that, that part of the movie? So funny. Yeah. I, I, I just didn't want to I didn't want to interrupt your line. You really got in character there. I'm, I'm happy for I you. I try my best, dude. I try my best. You did well. <laughs> you did very, very well. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, All right. Like, Let's do this. I'm so excited for these top yeah. fives. Let's so, let's like, hop right into the quarterbacks. Let's do it. Okay. Number one, Mac Jones. Number two, Trey Lance. No, I'm just kidding. Everybody calm the fuck down. All right. Okay. So I'll go first. Yeah, I was just, I'm going to go clean my ears out real quick. I wasn't really sure if I heard that yeah, you, right. 
yeah, yeah. You're there. So, yeah, number one, one. Mac Jones. Yeah, number one, obviously Trevor Lawrence. Um, obviously, uh, number two, I do have Justin Fields as my number two uh, quarterback. Number three, Trey Lance. I have Trey Lance at number three. No joke. No joke. I have Trey Lance at three. I have Zach Wilson at four and Mac Jones at five. Who do you have at four? Zach Wilson. And Mac Jones at five? Yeah. So we have this same exact top five. That's awesome. So, and don't give me. We haven't talked about this at all for people listening. None. We have zero recollection of what anybody has. But um, obviously, Zach Wilson has like this upside. But like, I also feel like Trey Lance has that upside plus some. Like, that's the difference Mm -hmm. for me is I just, and uh, those two, I think it matters more for those two than anybody else of exactly where they land. Like they have to be in the perfect situation. We are obviously already know where Wilson's going. He's going to be a New York jet. I do like the offensive weapons. They're improving, but like they, I don't know. I I think he's going to be in a good spot. I just think that Trey Lance has this opportunity, like to fall to the Broncos or Broncos or the 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 Patriots trade up or or the Falcons. Yeah. Right. You know, like he just has that where I'm like, okay, I like that more. So that is why, um, Sure, maybe some people think, yeah, you're also a Utah fan, so of course you do. But like, I have nothing, nothing against I mean, Wilson. I actually think he's cool. Like, I just, here's my I opinion think, on the ahead. difference between Zach Wilson and Trey Lance is like Zach Wilson got a couple years of starting, right? Like, you saw what he was against tough competition, and it just wasn't panning out. And it was like, hey, you're, you know, you're in a quarterback battle right now. This job's not yours. Like, it's not settled in that this is your job. And then this year in COVID, you play, you know, a, a weaker schedule and you guys play well and you ball out, but like you weren't playing anybody in the Pac 12. You weren't playing Utah. You weren't facing top tier competition, in my opinion, as to what you were maybe a couple of years beforehand when we weren't having all these COVID issues. And, you know, you look at Trey Lance and it's okay. Well, hey, he wasn't playing that high, that high level of competition either. You're right. But he only started 17 games. And in those 17 games, you look at it, I was like, wow, like he's going through his reads. He is putting the ball on the money. He's athletic. He's he's smart with the football. And I'm not saying that Zach Wilson isn't, but like we got to see him over time develop. And like with Trey Lance, it was like an immediate splash. And then in, in my mind, it's like, okay, if we get an immediate splash, we can make the splash bigger and bigger and bigger. And with Zach Wilson, I worry about like, hey, we saw a small splash and it got to a big one now. And it's like, can you continue to make that splash any bigger? Can you get any more ripples out of it? And that's where the, you know, the question really rises up to where it's like, where the position, you know, what position do these guys land in? What team do they fall to? Or are they going to what situation is going to be present for them? Zach Wilson going to New York to deal with that media, a kid coming from Utah. Like maybe I'm reading too much into that. Maybe this is a storyline I'm just trying to create for like topics for people to discuss. And I think other, I mean, other people are as well. So I'm not, you know, saying anything new here, but, how is he going to handle that New York media? How is he going to handle living in New York city and being there? And like, that's a whole new, like that might be like a culture shock for him. Honestly, who knows? I don't know. Does he know? I'm sure he doesn't like with Trey Lance. I mean, you could say the same thing though, but like, I feel like the markets that he's going to land in, it's not going to be New York. It's going to be a new England, which is Boston. So yeah, good luck there. But then like, you know, you say you live in land in Denver, it's kind of a smaller market in Denver. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of hide away there and just live life. And plus you fall in that situation. Same thing with Justin Fields here, who I have as number two quarterback. 
If he goes to the Broncos, I'm worried. As like a Chiefs fan, I say that. Because that's a great spot for him to land in. You got an offensive line that's built. It's improving. They've drafted it the last couple, last three or four years. All their pieces, left tackle, right guard, left guard, and center. Bam, they're they're pretty good. You know what I mean? They're, that offensive line is pretty set. You got the receivers that are there. And you got the defense due to your head coach. Pretty fucking good. Like, that's a good spot to go if you're, you know, Trey Lance or Justin Fields or – you know, I mean, even Drew Locke, maybe he figures it out this year. And then Broncos are sitting there like, oh, crap, maybe we should have taken a quarterback. Maybe we should have added to our defense here. You know what I mean? Maybe we should have gone corner. But that's just the situation where if any of these quarterbacks, it depends on the situation. Mac Jones, though, yeah, we both have him ranked at number five. He's going three to the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know if any other quarterback has had to go through this. And if they have, I just wasn't aware of it and haven't heard it before to this extent on Twitter and social media and stuff. But how can an entire fan base hate a pick before it's even happened and wanting a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields over it when you hear from everybody that it's like, yeah, Mac Jones is one of the best interviewers. You know, he's smart. He's he's going to he's pro ready. He's played with pro level guys. He knows how to handle an offense. He knows how to handle, you know, stars on a team, you know, like not big egos. I'm not going to say that, but like he's been in the spotlight. He's been in the media. He's ready for this. But then for like an entire fan base to be like, nah. This is just a smoke screen. We traded from 12 to three, and we're just going to put up this massive smoke screen, and we're going to mess everything up. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. I don't. like. For me, I'm like, I, I'm on the fence of like, it's hard to think that they traded up from 12 to three for him. And I, and I think more for me, it's because I just think so highly of Fields and Lance. I think that's the problem is I – Yeah. It's – I mean, what was it? Last episode of the week before that, I'm like, I truly believe all five of these quarterbacks have great success in the NFL this year. Like, yep. Not just this year, but in the future. Like, I truly yeah. think they are. So, like, I have no problem if they take him. I just, like, I get excited thinking about, like, a Justin Fields or Lance throwing to those guys um, and just having that ability there. But, again, to your point, Mac has thrown it to all of these great wide receivers in Smith, in Waddle, in – whoever right all the guys from last year mm-hmm. um went jerry once, judy jerry henry judy Rubs, and yeah. henry Rubs went once once um Tua went down obviously um but mm-hmm. that was still like the second half of the season basically the entire second half so um <clears throat> i don't want like i want it to be justin fields just because that's exciting to me um but again if it's going to be mac like i as a nine if i was a niner fan i would not be upset so it's very fun to like see how mad niners fans are getting though to your point so all right cool very interesting that we chose the same top five in that order um yeah so okay so i'm gonna let you go running back first this time Okay, running back, number one, uh, I think it's pretty clear-cut, Najee Harris. Number two, Travis Etienne. Number three, I went Javante Williams, running back out of North Carolina. And then Trey Sermon, uh, Ohio State running back. My only concern there is injury. I mean, he's been battling a ton of injuries here, but at one hell of a you know playoff performance, uh, Big Ten championship game that he had rushing, broke the all-time record there in the game. Um, and then Michael Carter, the other running back for North Carolina. It's kind of crazy to think that they have two running backs here in the top five. Um, but both those guys, I think, could step into the NFL and just be immediate impact players for a team that you know picks them up. Yeah. Um, okay, so nice. We don't have the same top five on this one. So uh, number one, I do have Najee Harris. Um, actually, way closer than I thought. Um, number two, I have Trey Sermon as number two and I really want 
and I really wanted to put him at number one. Um, I think that the way he runs and the way he plays, it is like exactly what NFL wants. It very much reminds me of an improved, like James Robinson of the Jacks where like you're getting four or five yards every single time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. sure. You're, you might not be busting off the 75 yard touchdowns, but like when, instead of that, like you're going to get like a 60 yard run or something like that. It just doesn't have the complete breakaway speed. But I, I love Trey Sermon. Like he, He's my my guy at running back. I, I hate when people are like, oh, these are my guys, but like I, I really like him and I'm gonna be rooting for him. Um I have tra- I have Travis Etienne at three. Um my only concern about him is like he loves to bounce it outside. Um yeah. just like tries too much. So I actually think that like you could see him struggle his rookie year and then him might it click year two. Kind of have like right? a David Montgomery type of deal where it's like stop <clears throat> dancing in the backfield, hit the hole and go. Just go. Yep, exactly. Um, I do have Javante Williams out of North Carolina at four. And then I have uh, Khalil Herbert, Virginia Tech running back at five. Ooh. Yeah, I really like the way he plays. Very Maurice Jones Drew esque of that smaller, like big bodied guy. Um, and my five B, I guess, is actually. Rondell Moore, who's probably a wide receiver, but I actually yeah. think that he's, but I actually think he's going to turn into like a third down Darren Sproles type player in the NFL. Huh. That's actually pretty interesting. So five, five, I just don't, I don't like legit. He's like five, five, six, I think is yeah. what he ended up being. Like, I just don't see like, you obviously can't put on the outside there. If you're in the slot, like everything's got to be short. Like you're not going to be running seam routes. Like how is your yeah. quarterback going to be hitting a seam route knowing that like you can't, like even if you have a great vertical, like you're only getting up to what, six, one, like whatever <laughs> the case may be. And this isn't making fun of him. It's, it's just small. Like I think that's, I think it's going to be hard to scheme him open. Like mm-hmm. he's going to be able to play wide receiver on like when you're trying to scheme him open. Other than that, it's like, let's just get him the ball in his hands. Cause he's so dynamic. Yeah. Third down running back. Like that's the way I see it. So I like it. I like it. Uh wide receiver now. You go. You go okay, first cool. here. I will go first on this one. Uh number one, Jamar Chase. Love Jamar Chase. Two, let's just stick with LSU. Uh Terrace Marshall. I have number two. Whoa. Yes. Um, I, I do like know. I do know <laughs> there are question there are questions about an ankle injury with him. Um, so I do understand that, but I love the way Terrace Marshall plays. So I'm going him too. I'm going, oh, these guys are just so close, but I'm going to go with the Heisman Trophy winner and Devontae Smith at three. I'll go Jalen Waddle at four. And then five is where it gets really, really complicated. Um, I ended up just going with the bigger body guy in Rashad Bateman as five. Wow. Leaving leaving Tony out. Tony's going to be six, and I love Kadarius Tony. I think he's maybe one of the most electrifying players in this draft. Yep. Like also when I watch him play, like I also feel like he it's like kind of like a hey just get open, make your own routes type yeah. offensive play, and like I just don't know how that's going to work in the NFL. Like like I'm he's not, not going to be a wide receiver one for a team is pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so like, I just like, I have a hard time like seeing like the, his play star, like work with like a Tom Brady, for example, like, you know, like Tony wants to be like, Hey, let me just fill it out. And like, I'll just get open. And then like, quarterback mm-hmm. just look for me, not like, Hey, timing specific type thing. This so, is like, where I'm going to be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I actually think that he's more like, it very much depends on where he ends up. Um, I think he can be elite again. I like him. I want him. 
I mean, in that 32 person mock draft, I took him at 33. Like I, I literally love him, but I just think that there's, I think there are legit questions around his yeah. play style. Well, shit. So number seven, I went Kadarius Tony. Number six, I went Terrace Marshall. And then five through one, I'm just going to go reverse here because of the way I started here. Number five, I went Rashad Bateman. Number four, I went Elijah Moore. Number three, I went Tavonte Smith. Number two, I went Jalen Waddle. And number one, Jamar Chase. I feel like Jalen Waddle is one of those guys because he went down with an ankle injury that it opened up everything else for Devonte Smith. I'm not going to take away the season that he had. Him and Mac Jones had an amazing connection. That dude was putting up crazy numbers, game in and game out, week after week. I mean, even national championship game, like his body control on the sideline, his ability to catch the ball, snag it out of the air, create separation after the catch, which a guy who doesn't look, he is not very, I mean, he's fast, but he's not like fast, fast, right? Real tall, lengthy dude. I don't know how he is in terms of his route running compared to other guys. But like you look at Jalen Waddle on that speed and like, you know, People were saying, like, hey, actually, Jalen Waddle might be the best receiver on the team when Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy were there last year. And so to see Waddle go down with an ankle injury to start the year, it sucks. So I think this is a guy that not necessarily slides, but is kind of being overlooked by the media and people that are covering, not necessarily covering the draft, but, you know, doing all these mock drafts because at this point, it's all popularity, right? Like when you get into the second and third rounds, that's like, ah, oh, what's a name that I know? This guy, boom, here he is. Instead of just kind of being like, all right, hey, like, where's this true value at? And with the guys in the NFL, they know. They know everything from them being in middle school all the way up to what they did last night going to bed probably with the guys that they're wanting to draft and everything like that. So I went Jalen Waddle at two and then Elijah Moore at four and Rashad Bateman at five. I just think these are guys that – like Rashad Bateman, that's a big-bodied guy. Like He's going to come in and play an actual receiver. Uh, that's who I want the Chiefs to take. That's who I wanted them to take. That's who I kind of talked myself into them taking in round one. If he somehow slides to round two – I have a feeling the Chiefs find a way to trade up and get them. Like, I feel like they're going to go get that receiver because they know they need one that they can rely on to be there after you move on from a Cole Hardman if the year pan, if doesn't pan out. And, you know, Demarcus Robinson isn't it. That's my that's kind of what I want, to be honest. Um, but Elijah Moore, I think this is another one of those guys who's built like Tyreek Hill. Um, he doesn't have that speed, of course, but he is fast and he is strong and he is thick, thick with two Cs. Um, and I think this is a guy that can come in the NFL and kind of surprise some people coming from Ole Miss. Yeah, I think uh, I, I do like uh, Elijah Moore as well. I think he's more of a slot-only receiver to me, uh, just the way I've been seeing. But also, like, he played fantastic. And, like, uh, J.C. Horn uh, mm-hmm. from South Carolina, he ate him up for lunch, breakfast, dinner. It doesn't matter when they played this year. So, like, yeah. that's what that was the game that I was like, man, Elijah Moore is special. So, um, <clears throat> very hard to, like, keep him out of mind. I totally get on Jalen Waddle. I went back and forth between him and Smith. And like, literally for me, it came down to like, one to what I saw the production for Smith the entire season and not for Waddle. So that's what I went with. Yep. But, but when they both were on the field, Waddle had more yards and everything than Smith. Like yeah. when they were both on the field. So I also totally get that as well. So no complaints there. I could, who knows by the time the draft happens, I may swap those guys again, but um, yeah, <laughs> that's where we're at. Uh, tight end. I'll Bingo. let you go first. Uh, yeah, so one through three here, one through four. Um, Kyle Pitts, clearly, you know, I he's listed as a tight end. I don't think he's going to be – he's going to be that slot tight end. They're going to create a new position in the NFL called STE. We're going to see it on Madden 2. Who's your slot tight end? Um, then I went Pat Faramuth. Uh, and then I, the third one here, I went Hunter Long and Tommy Tremble. Kind of like just both there because I don't, I don't know enough about either one of them. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I didn't watch their game, so I'm not going to try and act like an expert. But those are the two guys that are just kind of sitting there here in the tight end position where it's like, 
yeah, they're they're battling for that third tight end spot. And it's just kind of what situation do they land in? I think, you know, what, how we talk about quarterbacks is a similar thing with tight ends. Like, where are you going to go and help create things in this situation? Like Travis Kelsey going to Kansas City, right? You get Alex Smith as your quarterback. He loves to throw it to his tight ends. Bam, Travis Kelsey took the most of that opportunity. And look is where he's at. You look at George Kittle, kind of a similar situation there in San Francisco as well with that offense and how things roll off the play action for those backup quarterbacks. It's like, okay, well, let's just get the ball out of our hand quickly. Bam, here's George Kittle, athletic tight end. Go make it happen. You look at TJ Hawkinson um, in Detroit. You got Matthew Stafford. Do you like to throw the ball down the field? Not necessarily looking at those intermediate routes at, you know, times. Maybe things change with Jared Goff being his quarterback. Yeah. Um, okay, so I obviously have Pitts and Fairmont as one and two as well. I actually have Bre- Brevin Jordan from Miami as tight end three. Um, just an athletic freak. Like, I just want that, like, Jordan Reed-esque type uh, tight end there. So I went with him. And then yep. I also have Tremble and Long as four and five. Um, I think Hunter Long and then John Bates out of Boise State are two guys that yep. remind me of – guys that belong with the Kansas City Chiefs. I like them. Say less. Yeah. So I Keep think going, that both actually. of them <laughs> I, I just like them both. And John Bates specifically out of Boise State just makes me like he loves doing this the seam routes. Um he's very good at like crossing routes and like plays where a quarterback rolls to the right. The Boise State does this play where he does like a uh drag route to the up opposite side and then ends up being a wheel route and so mm-hmm. they have like the tight end on the right side he goes to the left everything rolls out to the right and they cro- throw it back back across field i'm like oh so that's travis kelsey um okay cool so <laughs> i just i just every time i watched him i was like yep that's like a perfect fit right there if you guys needed a second tight end there yeah i like it yeah big bodied guy too nearly listed at six six two fifty. so I'm about it. Yeah. That would be really sick. Um, next up, offensive tackle, offensive line, uh, just kind of similar deal here. Uh, number one, clearly Penny Sewell. Number two, Rashawn Slater. Three, Christian Darisaw, clearly putting the tackles here up top. The centers, you know, Landon Dickerson has been dealing with some injuries. You know, Creed Humphreys is a guy who's just kind of fallen quietly in the draft. Um, so I, I don't have them guys up here. But then I went um, the uh, left tackle out of USC, who's a guard, um, Trees, I botched his name. I don't want to do it again, so please say it for me. Are you talking about Elijah Vera Tucker? Elijah Vera Tucker. I always say a lot, a lot, yeah. Elijah Vera, is Vera Tucker? Yeah. I say Vera because I know yeah. a girl named Vera, so it's just like, oh, that's how gotcha. I read it. Elijah gotcha. Vera Tucker. Probably shouldn't yeah. have given that much information. But and in number five, <laughs> Sam Cosme, the tackle out of Texas. Uh, those are my top five there for offensive linemen. Um, so we're a bit different. So I have Penny Sewell at one. I actually have Christian Darisau at two. And then I have Rashawn Slater at three. I have Elijah Vera Tucker at four. And then I have Wyatt Davis at five. Wyatt Davis. Okay. Guard out of Ohio State. Yep. 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 And then I had, I had Landon Dickerson at six. Um, that was the other guy that I was really trying to get in my top five. But I just like Wyatt Davis so much. I just think that he's going to be like a plug and play ready to be like a pro bowler within the next like two to three years. Yep. So. Well, hell's yeah, my dude. Uh, defensive wise, we went top ten. Um, 
My top 10, I'm going to be honest, is just probably in no particular order because I had so much with it here. And it was like, hey, I don't know how to compare, you know, a linebacker to a defensive tackler, defensive tackle to a safety here in corners. So uh, my top 10 guys here that I have, again, in no particular order, Micah Parsons, Jeremiah Wosu-Koromara, uh, the linebacker safety out of Notre Dame. Then I went Patrick Sturtain, the corner out of Alabama, J.C. Horn, a cornerback out of South Carolina, Jalen Phillips, the edge rusher from Miami, Trevin Moreg, the safety out of TCU, Caleb Farley, the cornerback out of Virginia Tech, Quiddy Pay, the edge rusher from Michigan, Jamin Davis, the linebacker from Kentucky, and then Christian Barrymore, the defensive tackle from the University of Alabama. Uh, those round out my top ten. You're giving me the smirk like – we have nine of the top ten. Um, the okay. only diff- the only difference is I have Zayvon Collins there um, at the ten. Line, the linebacker. The yeah, um, yeah, out of Tulsa. Um, rather than uh, sorry, what's the Kentucky kid's name again? Uh, Jamin Davis. Thank you, Jamin Davis. Yeah, he's yep. that's our only swap. Um, I did do it in order, so I did go Jeremiah. It was a Komara uh, at one. Like I think he is the top defensive player. Um, I have Patrick Sertain at number two. I think he's the second best. Then I went Jalen Phillips, Micah Parsons, Caleb Farley, Quiddy Pay, uh, Trayvon Morig, JC Horn, Christian Bearmore, Zayvon Collins. Those are my top 10 defensive players in order. Where did you have Micah Parsons at on this list? Number five? four, Four. Okay. All right. About to be like, whoa! Yeah. Uh, I'm not getting freaking drug through the weeds on this because you're over here putting Michael Parsons lower. Yeah, Take no. it easy. Yeah, Take no, it easy. I, have it, I have him as number four overall, um, and really because I think I have Jeremiah Uza Komara like kind of playing that safety role more than linebacker. So, like, sure, maybe I have Parsons at two linebacker, just depending on where you play Jeremiah. Um, so, one or two at, at linebacker. So, yeah. That's it. That's my top. Um, I got a question for you real quick. So we've gone through, we've gone through our list here. The Jacksonville Jaguars, we all know have two first round picks. Um, I'm going to ask this question. I guess we can get out of here. Uh, Jacksonville first pick. We know they're taking Trevor Lawrence pick 25. If both these guys are available, would you rather have Jeremiah Wosu Koromara, the safety linebacker from Notre Dame or Pat Fairmuth, the tight end from Penn state? Um, Jeremiah was a Komora because I don't think that he could last to 33. And I do think that Pat can last till 33. Oh, Oh, okay. I, I want them both. That would be, that would be a phenomenal, a phenomenal draft for you guys. Yes. If I could get all three of those, like that's, that's the dream right there. Um, they desperately wow. need another tight end, but like Brevin Jordan, like I could easily see them if they missed out on Fairmouth that they end up waiting and going with like a Brevin Jordan in round three or early round four. Um, I could easily see that as well. Um, yeah, that's Man, a tough you guys one. Have 10 picks in the draft this year. Holy shit. 10 picks, um, five in the top 65. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so. One, two, three, four, five. There it is. Yeah. Two ones, two twos, and a three. And, and then two, two fours, two fives, a six, and a seven. Yep. No, we don't have a six anymore. So, yeah, we'll see about that one, though. Um, so, we shall see there. And sorry, 
you froze there for a second. I was like, oh, is Austin still there? Um, yeah, but, I don't know what happened there. No, you're good. Says you're my good. internet uh, connection is unstable. I'm the only one in this freaking building. Figure it out. <laughs> no worries. Golly, um, that's, that's a first world issue and one of my biggest pet peeves. I'm the it, it only really person is. in this effing building. We do a radio show in this building with the internet. I'm the only one here on a Saturday. It's not even working. I'm sorry. You're good. You're good. Um, so with you guys now having two second rounders, um, where are you wanting to – obviously you mentioned how you'd love to like combine those to trade up and if, uh, if a wide receiver ended up falling like a Bateman. Uh, let's say that he doesn't fall. Let's just say – Let's just say the Ravens take him at whatever pick, 27. Um, so now you guys have the two, and you guys stand pat. What positions? Obviously, I'm not going to ask you what players because, like, who who knows when you get to pick 40, what, 47? Yeah. Is that your first pick, 47? Uh, 58, 58 and 63, so at the bottom 58. end of. Okay, yep. yeah, like, you're never going to know who's going to be there at 58. So, like, what position <laughs> yeah. are your top two needs? Like? Um, It depends on receiver, like, who's there tied in. Like, if Tommy Trimble's sitting here, like maybe you do it, you know, if Quinn and Miners is sitting here at the center, uh, the kid out of Wisconsin who had his belly out at the senior bowl. Um, I mean, yeah, they're not maybe the, it's not the sexiest pick to go center here in your first pick in the draft, but you know what? You got to seal up that offensive line. And I never want to see Patrick Mahomes in that position that he was in the Super Bowl when he's bent backwards and his neck's all stretched out and we see his veins popping out. Uh, I'm not a fan of that. And so if you can get a center to fix that issue um, and seal up that offensive line for the future for the next four years here with guys that are set in stone and paid and, you know, young guys as well. Yeah, I love that. And then pick 63 here. Go deep, like where are you at in edge wise? Where what corners are available? You know what 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 linebackers here? Has any linebacker somehow fallen this far? What receiving weapons are here? Because you also don't have a third round pick, so that's kind of how I look at it. Is when you get to pick fifty eight, what guys here that's fallen out of you know maybe you had a first round grade on or early second round grade on that's right there, and then at pick sixty three, it's like what third rounder do we really really want, or what second round guys here that you know we know we wouldn't be able to get later on in the draft because I mean that's what they're gonna have to do. I've kind of talked myself into it a little bit on the possibility of them packaging those twos or maybe a pick from next year as well and moving up earlier into the second round to get a guy um, just to kind of see what they can get and who they like and who's there and who's falling out of the first round because Brett Veach doesn't sit still. You know what I mean? He's a very aggressive general manager and he's going to fluctuate picks and trades and stuff. And, you know, you trade one of your twos this year and a two next year, guess what? You're probably going to make a trade somewhere here later in the year where you get that second rounder back or you move back up into the second round because you can just fluctuate these picks all the time and make things happen year after year um, and fill the needs that need to be filled. And so you look at the Super Bowl and what they were offensive line-wise, it's like, man, what are they going to do? Who are they going to have? Like, where are they going at in the draft? Brad Veach is like, we ain't drafting shit. We're trading for this. We're going to buy this offensive line. You know what I mean? And that's honestly exactly what they did. Uh, you're getting veteran guys in there, and then you fill in the back end with the draft. You know, in the middle later rounds here, it's like, all right, you're going to develop. You're going to watch these guys learn how they do it, and then you're going to take over. I mean, the only first-year starter that you're getting along this offensive line, if you're not taking a center to start day one, is going to be Lucas Nyang at right tackle. And that's unless you take a right tackle here in round two if someone falls. You know, like that's – is Lucas Nyan going to be the guy at right tackle? We don't know. Right now he is. That's about the only option you got between him and Mike Rimmer. So one of them better figure it out. So honestly, it's just offensive weapon and depth along the offensive line. I guess it's kind of where I've got myself sealed here in the second round. I'd love to see a linebacker. Um, this might be Anthony Hitchens last year. Maybe you get a linebacker next year, depending on where you're picking. But 
that's kind of where I'm at right now for the Chiefs and what I want them to do in round two. I love it. I love it. All right, cool. Well, that does it for our weekend episode here. Um, we will be back again one more time before the draft. Weird to say that, but one more time. Um, we will get our last and final mock draft out um, right before the draft starts, and then there we go. Trevor Lawrence going to be a Jags. Bingo, bango. You got to love it. Love it. Cool. Uh, All right, our, next, uh, our next episode, though, we're going to do one last mock draft, correct? That's, what, that's yep. the plan. That's it. Yep, that, that is love the it. plan. That is the plan. So, all right. Okay. We'll talk to you all later. And tonight we've been talking football.